This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Keeping the country connected. Now, afternoon, New Zealand. How are we doing today? This is Rex Today. I'm Dominic George. We're here until 12.30. Thanks to the team at NetSpeed. Coming up, we talk GDT in just a moment with Stu Davison. Not great news there. Craig Wiggie Wiggins, Agricultural Communicator of the Year, also to join the program. And Courtney Altmeyer, ASB Taranaki Regional Manager, as we put the spotlight on rural women. All right, let's talk GDT, Global Dairy Trade Event. We had one overnight in the wee early hours, uh, NZ time at least, and uh, not great reading uh, when you wake up to your coffee in the morning, uh, down 4.6%. Whole milk powder down 4.4%. Stu Davison, NZX Dairy Analyst, joins us now, as he always does. When we've had a GDT, Stu, good to talk. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. No worries. 4.6, eh? Bit of a shocker. Mate, she's a bloodbath. It's not pretty. What do you put it down to? What are the big uh, key factors for this particular auction? Yeah, I'm going to sing the same song I sang last time. So it's basically demand didn't arrive at this auction either. So each commodity saw really light demand at the at the outset and just didn't really kick the demand uh, the the auction along. So um, yeah, homework powder and butter actually had the most demand arrive, and they only managed to get to two times the amount of demand as there was supply, which is really light. Butter fell over after one round, and homework powder managed two rounds at that level. So it was just basically buyers weren't turning up with what they, or, you know, we turn up looking for a lot, and they took away basically everything thereafter. So demand was very, very light. Right, weak demand. Uh, was it picked, this one, was it? Did we sort of see this coming? Yeah, after we got last time, very, very wrong. <laughs> yeah. <one> much better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to be right half the time. So it was good. But, but the, the market has really turned in the last two weeks, to be honest. You know, the market was um, sort of flat to, to positive prior to the previous auction. The last two weeks have just been have been uh, pretty bearish to be honest. It's the whole market's sort of caught the same flu, and everyone's looking you know in the same direction finally. So it's sort of consensus, but it's not good consensus. Skim milk powder markets, uh, to be honest, one of the wider traded uh, dairy products. You know the US does a lot of it, and EU does a lot of it too. So easy one to see through. They've been really negative for the last two weeks, and that sort of led the market. Same with US way, they've been sort of leading lower. And that leads back to the Oceania, and you know, we um, homework powder price would be pretty soft, and we thought this would follow through to this auction, and sure enough, here we are. Yeah, the skim milk um, price there was down 6.9%, and um, I, I see in the, your analysis there that uh, w- what you're saying is supply has rapidly caught up, and uh, all major producing regions are now flush with skim milk powder. So that's kind of, um, I guess, that's a, a reasonable explainer for that one. Yeah, exactly. No one hit. Yeah, and you know, skim prices have been incredible for the last six months. You know, matching homework powder, and with the catchphrase for the last sort of nine months has been, you know, make skim milk powder and get get the fat for free. Um, we're still actually in that sort of round two, but you know, even with homework powder price two hundred dollars lighter than homework powder price, it's still better to be making skim and butter. But we're now seeing the direction move lighter for all commodities, and um, you know, it's 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 not positive overall for for valorisation. So where did we see buyers come from, albeit not in great uh, volumes, but where did they where did they come from for this auction? Yeah, the biggest buyer this round was China again, and substantially, you know, they've, they've sort of t- taken the biggest volume by a fair chunk. Um, Southeast Asia, Middle East, and surprisingly, South and Central America actually turned up quite in big, in big volume too. So um, the normal spread of buyers, but what was really interesting was the volume that South and Central America actually took. Mm. Um, they often are there, thereabouts. I think, uh, you know, obviously we don't have the hard data on this one because we, we don't get to see it, but 
Um, I'd imagine they actually turned up and, and put their hand up for what they wanted and actually got all they wanted this time, so they walked away with a bigger chunk than normal. So um, good for them uh, and probably good for us they turned up. But, uh, yes, it just shows you where that demand's coming from. The corners is still there, but it's just lighter than normal. So as we look ahead then, Stu, and to wrap this one up, um, you, you've said here a very volatile global market at the moment, and uh, where do you see it sort of panning out over the next month or two? Or well, a month or two, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair call, fair call. Where do you see it uh, short term then at least? Yeah, short term, we, we don't see, um, you know, it's not crash and burn completely. Uh, it's really important that we look to the wider markets. You know, capital markets are in just absolute volatile times. Um, geopolitically, uh, it's pretty tense as well. You know, look to China, what's going on with their um, Congress at the moment. Look to the Ukraine and the Russian crisis. That's really putting some stress on places. Look at what the, the UK, sorry, has done for the last couple of weeks with the you know, bonds and gilts and currency and, and, and politics. It's all sort of um, par for the course of the rest of the world. Like, it's just uncertain. Uncertainty is never a good thing for any commodity market. So that's what we're dealing with. All of those things combined to inflationary pressures on consumers, there is consumer product. Uh, we've finally seen the feedback of that, those impacts coming back through the market supply chain. So it's, um, long story short, it's probably not going to get better in the short term, but we, uh, you know, we know consumers going to be hit. But looking forward, we don't think prices are going to fall to bits completely. Um, you know, the demand is still there. We're still seeing guys turn up. It's just not going to be as positive as it has been uh, in the last sort of, you know, this time last year, basically. So, Hold on to your hats, long story short. Yes, not even the great Stu Davison can see two months out. I mean, uh, it's putting uh, undue <laughs> pressure on the uh, the poor fella there. Um, what about Fonterra revising the milk collection uh, forecast um, a few days ago? Uh, does yeah. What sort of impact uh, on, on our dairy market will that have? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, they did. They revised down 1%, which has been a long time coming, to be honest. I think they've probably got a few more 1% in their pocket to pull out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, our milk production forecast is for a, a lot more pull-off. You talk to farmers on the ground, and they're actually a long way behind as well. Um, so I think Fonterra is just uh, easing it down. But it usually provides support. Usually when we see you know, milk, powder, uh, milk collections drop off, the market responds because they expect supply to be tighter didn't work this time around, actually got a, a, the exact opposite response. Um, and even the Homer powder shuffle, you know, Fonterra pushed 1,000 tonnes forward into the next period um, and took 1,000 tonnes off this auction, sorry. Uh, that usually gets a response. Didn't really do a whole lot this time around. You know, 4.4% lighter means it didn't do anything. So um, long story short, supply, even uh, as tight as it is, is probably doing its best to support prices, but it's not really propping them any higher, to be honest. So it's, um, it's sort of Supply and demand are both falling in equal parts at the moment. Right, okay. Well, that's a, um, look, yeah, interesting picture you're painting there. Uh, there'll be a little bit of apprehension, I suppose, out there at the moment. Um, I was going to, as we usually do, Stu, we usually wrap up with talking a bit of Formula One, being a big motorsport fan that you are. Uh, but I don't know if I can be bothered at, uh, at the <laughs> moment, to be, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, uh, we're just, it's the same. I might as well just take the, uh, the recording from, you know, two or three weeks ago. I mean, what, you know, it's the same story. I was going to say, Red Bull wins another world championship, right? Like, yeah. it's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. it's just the best driver and Ferrari fell apart. It's just the same old story. It's pretty much the, been the story of the season, though, hasn't it? Like, if you if you think back um, to the to the first couple of Grand Prix, um, you know, that's kind of been... Maybe not the first couple, because Ferrari looked pretty good early doors, didn't yep. they? But once things settled down and it got into a bit of a pattern and a bit of a groove, then you could sort of see uh, which way it was going to go. 
Yeah, exactly right. And it's just a disappointment too. Cause the, the Ferrari is a beautiful car, and it, it it looks so great on the track, and just uh, they've let themselves down, which is disappointing. But yeah, Red Bull's done it again, and I think they still need to get the the, the constructors' championship in the next couple of races. But um, you know, Max Verstappen on the top step, and already some you know drama in the F1 world around that one too. So it's 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 never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. There's still, uh, I think, there's about four rounds to go as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to make for. I actually, it'll make for an exciting uh, drive to survive for next year because um, <laughs> you know there must be a lot. You could just imagine if uh, you know Toto, how many times they get him behind the camera. That'll be interesting. Oh, I was going to say he'll have a lot to complain about this year. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no positive comments from them this year. Oh, exactly. Good man. Hey, listen, Stu Davison, as always, appreciate your time, your thoughts, your expertise. Cheers for that. No worries. Cheers, mate.